0: Can you truly trust what you see? How about what you hear? Close your eyes, breathe deep, and steady your nerves. The shadows keep their secrets close. Welcome to the October Horror Podcast, where the veil between reality and nightmare is at its thinnest. Get ready, because the unknown awaits. Peace. Patch's voice broke as he kicked at the door while holding Skye's body in his arms. The shot startled him. In the moments that followed, he expected to feel the searing punch of a second bullet strike him. But no such thing occurred. The officer who'd pulled them over had already made his way back to his vehicle and was driving away. Sky, Patch yelled, watching her unmoving form in the passenger seat. Punching the gas, his first thought was to find the nearest hospital. The thought of being arrested as soon as he walked in with her surfaced. He didn't care, as long as they could help her. The next thought was how unfamiliar he was with this part of Georgia. To further complicate the matter, Patch didn't know how to unlock Sky's phone. He could not simply pull up directions to the nearest emergency room on the GPS. As evening gave way to night, Patch spotted a farmhouse, the only residence he'd seen on the lonely stretch of road. The lights were on. Someone had to be inside. The old man ambled to the door, annoyed that the interruption came at the same moment he'd settled in to watch his favorite game show. The intensity and insistence of the knocking told him that whoever was on the other side of the door thought their cause important. Urgency was not the old man's way, though. The president of the goddamn world could be on the other side of the door, ready to grant the man his own continent, and he'd still take his sweet damn time. Nothing was worth all the commotion the person was making, and nothing was worth getting him up during Wheel of Fortune.
1: Hold your fucking chickens before they're hatched. I'm coming.
0: He reached the reinforced steel door and began undoing the locks. Leaving the final deadbolt engaged, the man peered through the peephole.
2: Yeah, what do you want? Please, we need help. My girlfriend's been shot.
1: Don't know if you can tell, but this ain't no fucking hospital.
0: The voice on the other side of the door spat out a frantic reply. I don't have a phone, and I'm, I'm not familiar with this part of town. She's... He paused. When the voice spoke again, it was full of tears. She's not breathing. Patch stood on the porch, shaking uncontrollably. In his mind, he knew Sky had died long before he found the secluded farmhouse. However, admitting it was not something he intended to do. A bright light came on overhead, illuminating the entire porch. A few seconds later, he heard another lock on the door click before it crept open. Patch, trembling, held Skye's bloody form close as a small, gray-haired man regarded him.
1: You just gonna stand there shaking, boy? Get her inside.
0: A minor weight lifted from his heavy heart as Patch stepped in. Thank you so much. Please call an ambulance. She needs help right away. Pray
1: not. Ambulance ain't coming out here. Not time soon. Lay her down on the dining table in there. Let me see what I can do.
0: Skye's eyes fluttered open. The room was dark. She hated waking up before the sun. Everything that was so familiar during the day took on a more sinister visage in the darkness. The television on its stand appearing to be some long extinct woodland creature. Posters on her walls becoming gaping voids of emptiness. The pile of clothes in her computer chair resembling a person sitting there. Skye studied the shapes, the TV and the posters until her eyes adjusted and they became normal once more. A small gasp escaped her mouth when she turned her attention to the computer chair. The person sitting there a moment ago was now on their feet. Skye's eyes went wide. She pulled the covers over her head at once, took in a deep breath, and called out,
2: Mom!
0: Eyes shut tight. Skye heard the door to her room open. Then her mother's soft footsteps. Still too afraid to peek out from the covers, Skye listened. A jingling noise like the rattle of keys, and then she was sitting at the foot of her bed.
2: It's okay, Skye. You can come out. No one's going to bother you.
0: Aura's gentle hand landing on her leg. Skye peeked out from beneath the blanket.
2: What was that? There's nothing for you to worry about, sweetie. It's only you and me.
0: Skye, still shaken, voiced her concern.
2: Mom, can I keep the light on? Excuse me? Do you pay the bills here? Besides, you're 13 years old. Far too mature to still be scared of the dark. I'm not. Someone was here, Mom. Sweetie, the only two people in this house are you and I. Now stop worrying yourself and get back to sleep. You've got school in the morning, young lady.
0: Skye watched as the woman rose from the bed and made her way to the door. As she passed from the dark bedroom to the dimly lit corridor, Skye caught the glint off some unknown object hiding in her mother's hand, a warm glow fading with every step she took. The table was enormous, large enough for a dozen people at least, Patch lay Sky on it as gently as he dared. He then turned to ask the irritated but kind old man where his phone was. The man stood at the dining room entrance, smiling. A sheriff or deputy, something like that, stopped us. Didn't even give us time to ask what we did wrong, just... He trailed off, remembering how peaceful Sky looked napping in the passenger seat. The woman had done everything for him. How he'd been able to drive away from the traffic stop, he didn't know. One thing was certain, though. He was going to do everything for her to make this right, including ignoring that small voice in his mind constantly telling him she was already dead. Where's your phone, sir? The hell kind of
1: dummy are you? Didn't you hear me say ambulance don't come out this way? This whole place is pretty much cut off from the rest of the world. It's not sir, by the way. Name's Elroy. Elroy, my foot. Call me Elroy, E, L, or M. But don't call me Mr. My Driving foot, my dad's name, rest his
0: soul. Patch was in no mood for games. He turned to Skye, ready to scoop her up back into his arms. You know what? I think I'll take my chances on the road. Suit yourself. Nearest
1: hospital is hour and a half west of here. Doubt you'll make it that far in a stolen vehicle, though.
0: Patch whipped his head around and locked the man in his gaze. What's that supposed to
1: mean? Oh, don't give me that shit, man. You and your woman's the leading story on the news. You're on the lam and shocked a cop put a bullet between her eyes?
0: Patch continued staring, unable to form a response.
1: Tell you what, I got something now to help you out. To get it, though, you're going to have to keep me company while I ramble on about a few things.
0: You can help? A small smile found its way to Patch's lips. Help her then. Please. I'll listen to whatever you have to say. Just help her. All right then. Let's go have a seat. I'm missing my show. Patch cocked his head to the side, unsure he'd heard the man correctly. You said you could help. Now you want to go watch TV? What the hell? Help her first. Then we can
1: talk. First off, you rude bastard, this is my house. You don't like the way I operate, you can go outside and kick every rock you find. I'll even stand on the porch and do a little dance while I watch the dust from your tires as you leave my property. Something tells me you already know the poor woman lying on that slab of woods as dead as can be. Which means you and I got plenty of time to chat. I'm trying to shine some much-needed light on your circumstance, boy. Take it or leave it. I don't give a fuck.
0: He closed his eyes and bit down on his words. Anger would get him nowhere. There were tears threatening to fall, but he would not let them. And then the scene played out in his mind once more. The road, the flashing lights, the cop, the awful, awful noise, and her head jerking back from the force of the impact. Patch could not shake the feeling of Sky in his arms her body hanging limp. There was a phrase for it bouncing around in his thoughts. The more he tried to ignore it, the more it pushed through to the forefront. Dead weight. As if to emphasize it, her skin was cold to the touch when he hefted her onto the dining room table. His composure gave out. Patch fell to his knees, wailing.
1: Ah, come on, don't... Look, Look here, man. I'm not trying to be a jerk. Just, you gotta see this for what it is. And right now, her being dead's not even a fraction of the whole picture.
0: You get me? He took Patch by the arm and helped him to his feet.
1: Come have a seat. I promise you'll feel better than you do about things after we've chatted. But my name ain't... well, I already told you my name anyways.
0: Patch let himself be led away from the dining room. They crossed the hallway to a cluttered family room. Old newspapers and magazines covered nearly every flat surface. The place had a sour, leathery smell despite the furniture, a love seat flanked by two large chairs, being covered in cloth. On the TV, Pat Sajak and Vanna White were engaged in some inane chatter about nothing important. He sat in one of the floral-embroidered armchairs. A moment later, Elroy appeared in front of him with a glass.
1: I'm a rum man. This here's about three shots worth. Might make what I need
0: to tell you easier to hear. But if you do need
1: more, I got plenty. The flood
0: of tears stopped. Stoicism was rushing in to replace them. Patch was clueless as to what his next move should be, if any. He took the glass from Elroy, brought it to his lips, and sipped. It was the most terrible bit of rum he'd ever had. The burn, as it made its way down his throat, was bracing. Not sure if his voice would work, Patch said, The car isn't stolen. The tag is, but the car is legal. Halle goddamn it's a Christmas miracle.
1: TV said your name's Patch. That short for Patrick or something?
0: No, it's just Patch. Oof. Parents didn't like you from the rip, huh? At least I'm not named after some character from the Jetsons. You watch your tongue, boy. I can go round for round with the best
1: of them, but I won't catch no sass in my own home. Besides, I'm older than that damn show anyway. Hell, that white round-faced little jizz thing's probably named after me.
0: Elroy dragged the other armchair across the floor and placed it directly in front of Patch. He sat and took a gulp from his own glass of rum. Tell me, Patch. What do you know about innocence? You want to know if I did what they say I did. No, I didn't. But it wasn't my idea to break out of... Stop, stop, no. I don't give a who the hell cares about your
1: legal quandaries. I'm speaking about innocence. The plural of innocent. Demons living as human beings like your lady friend in there. Uh, what? Hot damn, boy. You ain't
2: got no idea, do you?
0: Marshal Jalen Rose sat in the hotel room. He'd arrived back in Atlanta from the casino well after dark. Everyone was tired, both from the drive and the fruitless evidence collection. His fellow lawmen all knew that the couple was heading north. Authorities in every state between Georgia and Canada were put on notice. Jalen knew otherwise, though. On his bed, in the meager light from the bedside lamp, Jalen reached into the old, beat-up satchel he carried with him and produced a weathered leather pouch. Opening it, he removed five similar necklaces and laid them out beside him. Each necklace had a charm, a golden eagle's talon, clutching a gemstone of different colors. Sapphire, jade, amethyst, opal, peridot. He took a moment to admire them before pulling the next item from the bag, a clay pot. This he placed beside the necklaces. Reaching into the satchel once more, the marshal pulled out a large mason jar containing a thick red fluid. The jar was inexplicably warm. Jalen removed the top, leaned in, and, eyes closed, let the coppery scent fill his nostrils. Satisfied, he took the bowl in his lap and began pouring the viscous fluid in. There was much more in the jar than should have been able to fit in the bowl, yet he did not stop pouring until the jar was empty. Not a single drop spilled. All right, Officer Simmons, you're up. Jalen swirled the fluid with his index finger. Steam began to rise from the bowl. Once boiling, he removed his finger. Holding the bowl in one hand while the other hovered above, he whispered an incantation. A black, translucent flame danced along the surface of the liquid. The flames died away as he finished the chant. Careful not to spill the contents of the bowl, Jalen grabbed one of the necklaces. Adra, Malek, he whispered, and dropped the charm into the bowl. He then picked up the second. Bast. Jalen followed this same pattern with the remaining three. Diabolos, Martuk, Nija. The blood of the final witness was shed for thee. Soon. All will be united. The marshal brought the bowl to his mouth, tipped it up, and hungrily drank the blood until all that remained were the five charms. Jalen arose from the bed, wiping red away from the corners of his mouth. He placed the charms back in the pouch, then returned them and the bowl to the satchel. His hand brushed against the edge of the partially unsheathed tri dagger. Sharpened to near-laser precision, the blade opened the skin it touched with ease. Jalen withdrew his hand, unaware he was bleeding. He crossed the room to the sink on the opposite side. Reaching out to turn the faucet on, Jalen noticed the wound, blood oozing down the side of his thumb and dripping onto the porcelain. Jalen looked on transfixed as the drops that fell began bubbling. Sizzling on the sink's surface. Oh. Acrid smoke rose from the drops of blood as they blackened, burning away to ash. It's working. (laughs) It's fucking working. She burst through the door in a fury, throwing down her book bag with little regard to its contents. After forcefully removing her shoes, Skye stomped her way into the kitchen from the doorway. Sitting at the breakfast table, she buried her face in her hands, trying hard to hold back her sobs. Her mother made her way into the kitchen, concerned at first that Skye had not said anything to her after arriving home. Seeing her daughter in distress, she wasted no time rushing to her side. Baby,
2: what's the matter?
0: Sky lifted her head. Tears streaked her face.
2: They all think I'm a joke. What do you mean? I don't understand.
0: She drew in a congested breath on top of the tears before speaking again.
2: Dana's been my best friend since, like, the day we met. This whole year we've just been ride or die, hanging out with each other all the time. So today at volleyball practice, I catch all the other girls looking at their phones in the locker room, giggling and stuff. But they get all quiet once I show up, trying to be sneaky with it. I paid it no mind until we got to the gym and even the boys at basketball practice are looking my way and laughing. So I know something's up. Then, after we break into teams, the girls start serving me three, four balls at a time asking me to juggle humming that stupid circus music. So I left. I packed all my stuff and walked out of the locker room. Dana was right there showing Izzy something on her phone. I walked over and snatched it away. It was me, Mom. Dana and I were thinking about doing makeup tutorial videos, but neither one of us knew what we were doing. We ended up with makeup spattered all over our faces. I didn't know she had pictures of it. Everyone thinks I'm a clown. Oh, that's terrible. I'm so sorry, sweetie, your best friend. I can certainly see why you're so sad. I'm not sad, Mom. I'm angry. I'm upset. I just want to wring her fucking neck.
0: Sky pounded her fist on the table. As she did this, several cabinet doors flew open. No. No. Aura fired back. The woman's voice dropped in pitch.
2: This is not the way, my child.
0: Stunned out of her own tantrum, Skye stared wide-eyed at her mother. Mom? All at once realizing what she'd done, Aura closed her eyes and took in a deep breath.
2: I'm... you weren't supposed to see that.
0: Embarrassed, she turned and began closing the cabinet doors.
2: I'm not sure what it even is I'm not supposed to see. What's going on, Mom? You know what? I have something for you. Stay there. I'll be right back.
0: Aura hurried out of the kitchen. Skye sat in confusion with little time to process the past few moments before her mother returned. Aura approached the table and lay a rope necklace out in front of Skye. She looked it over. It was plain except for the charm it held. A golden eagle's claw its talons grasping a ruby of the deepest red.
2: What is it? Well, it was supposed to be a gift for your 16th birthday, but after the day you've had, I figured it's time. What are a couple weeks, after all? Try it on.
0: Brushing her braids aside, Sky tied the necklace around her neck. In an instant, she felt better than she had the entire afternoon.
2: It's for protection. You see, the world is a dark place. Darkness loves to drag others down into its depths. You have to be better. The way that girl set you up was awful. Sometimes people can be so cruel to one another. You're more than that, though, Sky. So much more. You're my daughter. And one day, you'll realize just what that means.
0: That night. Skye lay in bed for hours, unable to sleep. She tried listening to music while closing her eyes. Song after song started and ended, and still she was not tired. Removing the earbuds, her eyes shifted around the dark room. Something struck her as odd. Skye could not quite say what it was, but the room somehow seemed darker than it should. All at once she felt like a kid again, afraid of the shadows all the items in her room became at night. She sat up to call out to her mother. As she reconsidered, not wanting to seem like she was still scared of the dark, a hand forced Sky down onto her back. A scream tried to force its way out of her, but was arrested by a cold, calloused hand clamping down over her mouth. Shh! You don't really think that ward will protect you, do you? Sky wriggled beneath the assailant's iron grip. It was useless. You belong with us. Aura cannot hide you away forever. We will find you. The same way we found all the rest. The same way we found your dear aunt. Skye wrenched her arm free and, by instinct, palmed the charm she'd received only a few hours ago. A single word formed in her thoughts. She closed her eyes and focused on it. Esto. It repeated over and over. When she opened her eyes, the charm around her neck was glowing bright red. The entity that pinned her to the bed was gone. After a night of dreamless sleep, she awoke to the sound of distant, soft crying. A foreboding feeling that had been with her, even before she heard the sobs, deepened. Skye found her in the kitchen, head on the table, with her arms hugged around herself, weeping. Mom? Skye approached slowly, fairly certain she already knew the answer to the question she was about to ask.
2: What's wrong?
0: She turned to Sky, motioning for her to come closer. Once within reach... Aura pulled her into a tight embrace. Aunt Jen. She paused, working up the strength to say the words.
2: Aunt Jen is... Your uncle found her when he got home this morning. She passed away.
0: This was a mistake. I'm sorry to have bothered you. You mean to tell me you don't know
1: shit about this? How? You're a shepherd, after all.
0: Patch stood and turned to where Skye lay. I failed her. She put all she had on the line for me, and I failed. Elroy got to his feet as well. Eyebrows furrowed as he regarded Patch. Boy, you better sit your ass down. If and you're really clueless as to what's
1: transpiring here, I got a story you need to hear. No, I'm
0: tired of all of this. Something inside of him broke and Patch was no longer able to hold back his own emotions. Ever since I got arrested for killing August, people have been telling me what to do, how to live my life. Well, you know what? It's my life. I don't need any lawyers, wardens, or COs to push me along. Everyone involved in this mess seems to have their own agenda outside of the fact that I was set up. I just want to be left alone. Is that too much to ask? To be left alone and... He paused, closing his eyes tight at what he was allowing himself to say. And grieve for the woman I love. Patch, I'm only
1: going to say this one time. What you do after that is up to you. You're a shepherd. She's an innocent. Now I can fill you in on all the details of what that entails. Boggles the damn thought box how you don't know nothing
0: about nothing. He considered his options. To leave would lead to capture, for certain. Patch was unsure he could face being incarcerated in a world without Sky. It was already too hard to manage. On the other hand, Sky, no doubt, would want to at least hear the man out. She was always more trusting than he. It's how they'd gotten into this mess in the first place. The realization hit him that there was no other option. Patch had to see this through to the end if only to honor Skye. Elroy, enough of this runaround. What do you know, and how can you help me? Well, you see, it's dependent on time. The surly old man seemed to soften as Patch came around.
1: That's why I've been flapping
0: my gums nonstop. It ain't time yet. Time for what? You keep hinting that you know more about this situation than I do. Tell me what you know. Let me ask you a question. Do you believe in the Bible? I swear, if you're about to stand there and evangelize like that's the answer to everything, I'm gonna punch you. Hard. I'll take that as a no.
1: The Bible's bullshit, by the way. Complete fabrication. Alludes to something true, though. See, the one fellow who everyone has a whole stinking tiff over, turns out he was the very first innocent. Wait. You're saying Jesus was a demon? Well, yes and no. Nothing's ever that simple. Demons as we know them are miserable, loathsome bastards. They live to spread terror, feeding off our fears. But that don't mean they're bad. Fact is, neither you or I would exist without their presence. They're a cosmic force, much like life itself. You got these new-age snake ointment sellers that believe the universe is all about balance, right? Couldn't be further from the fucking truth. Universe is a shitstorm of chaos. Order, balance, those are illusions our feeble gray matter conjured up because we couldn't understand any of it. Stars, planets, human beings, demon beings, we
0: all serve chaos one way or another. I don't get it. How does any of that tie into my situation? I'm getting to it, okay? Now let
1: me talk. Everything has an origin. And so, around the time this Jesus fellow was fixing to be born, evil decided it didn't want to be evil anymore. So it took hold of the life force where it runs through us all. Call it a soul, like all the other miserable sacks of toad Venom do, even though it ain't. But to maintain while in that life force, certain things needed to happen. Well, really just one thing. Can't play both sides of the fence, see? You're either a demon or you're human. Ain't no going back and forth. Elroy rolled his eyes before continuing. Anyway, the prize for admission ended up being eternal vigilance. The universe stepped in and said, That's how you want to do things? I'm appointing a watcher to make sure you never, ever step out of line. I don't know who decided to start calling them innocents but the name stuck. I blame the severe lack of technology on the Watchers being called Shepherds. In all my years of knowing what I know, shepherds been protecting innocence. My point is, you and Sky, I'm pronouncing that right, right? Y'all are part of something big. How you remain ignorant of that is just beyond
0: me. I appreciate you still referring to her in the present tense. Good goddamn golf ball, son. You really don't know, do you? Know what? What else do you have to say? Take a look at that window to your left. Tell me if the moon's up yet. Patch did as he was told. Sweeping the curtain aside, he looked up and saw the enormous yellow moon rising into the fall night sky. Yeah, there it is. It's huge. About time. Follow me. Elroy led Patch back to Sky's side in the dining
1: room. Like I already told you, these things ought to do with timing. See that fancy piece of jewelry around her neck?
0: Yeah, she loved that necklace. Her mother gave it to her when she was 16.
1: It's a family ward. It's how they identify themselves. Protects them. Keeps the darkness inside from coming outside.
0: Elroy held out an arthritic hand above where the charm rested on sky. He closed his eyes, pursing his lips, and said, A'riiri. The ruby in the charm began to glow. Patch stared, entranced by what he saw. He was startled from his reverie by what sounded like a coin dropping onto the table. He found the source of the noise. The bullet lodged in Skye's head was now laying on the wooden surface next to her, the fatal wound closing rapidly. What the? Skye's eyes fluttered open. She heaved once, then again, before she spoke.
2: I'm gonna throw up.
0: Skye swung her legs over the side of the table, sitting up. Down the hall on the left. Elroy gestured vehemently with his arm. Sky stood, knocking Patch out of the way. He chased after her in disbelief of what he was seeing. Sky made a beeline straight down the hallway. Too nauseated to tell if she'd chosen correctly, she opened the door and emptied her guts onto the floor. Patch called after her once he saw she was going the wrong way. Left, not right! But it was too late. Once he reached her, all Patch could do was rub his hand across her back as she wretched, and reassure her that she'd be okay. His heart seemed to come alive in that moment. Spending the entire night consumed by emotions he could not name, feeling her warmth again felt like breathing after being held underwater. Sky, you're... Holy shit! What? Elroy, what? Saying the man's name made him realize that his girlfriend had ruined part of whatever room this was. Oh, crap. Don't worry, Elroy. I'll clean this all up. You won't even know anything happened here. Patch opened the door all the way to survey the damage. No! Elroy jumped and began running to where Patch and Skye were.
1: It's all right. I got it. Don't!
0: Patch backed away from the threshold and Elroy knew at once he was too late. The door opened up to the garage. The first thing that hit Patch was the smell of exhaust, strong enough to overpower the acrid bile puddled at his feet. Clearly, Elroyd had a recent outing. As his eyes adjusted, Patch could see the vehicle. Though only having previously seen it in the rear view, he committed the car to memory. His ears still rang with the sound of the shot. He staggered back, letting the opposite wall catch him. Burning with anger, he turned and saw Elroy rushing toward him. Sitting in class, Skye was unable to shake the feeling. She wanted to lower her head to her hands and cry, to hide away in a dark corner away from everyone else and be alone. Panic wriggled its way in, settling next to her already grim mood. The last time she had this feeling was when Aunt Jin died. This exact feeling. Skye jumped up from her seat, interrupting the professor at the front of the lecture hall, and raced through the doors into the corridor. She fished her phone from her pocket and called her mother. No answer. The university was an hour away. Without a car, having to rely on her roommate, Skye arrived in two. Her worst fears confirmed in the thick plumes of black smoke rising from the house as they turned onto the street. Fire trucks, police cars, and ambulances blocked the way. Skye exited the vehicle without it coming to a full stop and ran the rest of the way. A cop placed himself in her path, muttering something about her not getting any closer. She wriggled out of his grasp as he tried to detain her. Sky made it to the barrier set up outside of the house in time to see the medics hauling out a body on a stretcher. Sky didn't need anyone to tell her who it was. She'd known from the moment that wave of uneasiness hit her in the lecture hall. Thank you for tuning in to October Horror. Remember, dear listeners, the night is long and the shadows grow deeper. Stay tuned for our next episode, coming soon to haunt your sleepless nights. Until then, I'm Bryant Wiley, your guide through the abyss. Cheers and pleasant nightmares, my friends.